Good evening, lady and gentleman. It is Thursday, September 3rd, 6 o'clock. We missed 5 o'clock by an hour, but that's okay. It is not 5 o'clock here, but it is 5 o'clock somewhere. Exciting announcements this week. We have upgraded our Zoom membership, so we now have unlimited meeting time, so there won't be any more behind-the-scenes awkward editing pauses, which you as our listeners may or may not have been aware of. We have signed up for a hosting service, so we are officially launching our brand, and one day we are going to rule the world. So very exciting stuff in the five o'clock somewhere world, and I am thrilled to be joined by the loyal team and all of you listeners. Maddie, what are we drinking? I, lo- I love that we started off. You sounded kind of like a MTA announcer. It's like no more service disruptions. The trains will run on time. Thank you for not pissing in the actual stall. Um, I So this week we decided we're going to go. Um, uh, Nate and I spent a romantic weekend in the um, North Fork. And so in anticipation of the binge drinking we were doing, we said, let's go low alcohol cocktails. Uh, I decided to modify that a bit. I'm still coming down from the bender. Got to slow it down. I'm doing a modified version of a Campari spritz with a little bit of vodka, some Prosecco and Campari. So I would say for me, it's moderately um, low ABV and I'll take it. What about you? I thought about giving a strong backbone to my Campari spritz, which I am also drinking. And in my own way, I did do that because you're supposed to put soda water in it. So it's Campari sparkling wine, soda water. Mine doesn't have any soda water in it. It's just sparkling wine. So it's not going to floor me or anything. Uh, But I thought long and hard for about three seconds standing in front of the bar if I was going to put a little vodka or gin backbone in there. But I opted out of that because this is our launch podcast. So now I just have to drink a lot more, a lot faster to get myself to the promised land. But I love the recommendation. It's a very hot day here on the longest of islands. So this low ABV all day drinking scenario is working out quite well. Well, and I also think broadly, um, you know, Campari and Aperol, people think are like similar. Aperol is actually like a liqueur. It's like, it's like 12% alcohol. Campari is like almost like a liquor. Like you can't, I mean, in Ohio, like you can't deliver Campari because it's, it's like too high of alcohol. So you did choose the more boozy of aperitif, which is, you know, to your point, more of a backbone. But Emily, I'd love, I think I know what she sent some... Um, demure uh, shots to us and demure demure pictures. So I'd love to um, hear what you're drinking. She's on mute. Oh, she knew it. How'd she click off with no hands? (laughs) What Nate's making a reference to right now is that earlier I said I needed both hands to hold my cocktail because she is a big girl. She's thick. I could have swore like you were on mute. And then you, it was your turn and both hands were on your drink. I don't, I don't know how you just unmuted yourself. I thought you were just going to delve into a long rant and we weren't going to be able to jump in and tell you you were on mute, but somehow you use technology to unmute yourself. She's a witch. 
I am a witch. Matt would also have you believe that my my boobs were involved somehow, most likely. They weren't. Uh, I do specialize. I do specialize in titty magic, so they very well may have been involved. So I did. I did send some coy shots to the group text, hinting at my drink of choice today. This is my inaugural Aperol Spritz. I've never made myself one of these bad boys before. Ah. Wow. So. I know I've commented, I think, off-pod to you guys, uh, but I'll make the comment again because it is worth noting that this little hobby of ours has really helped me kind of branch out in my drinking. Not that I needed any help with the volume of my drinking, per se, but with the variety. And I've been more experimental because I've had to make different things, different weeks, and try different liquors and try different combinations and actually make myself cocktails instead of just stick some bourbon and ginger ale in a glass with some ice cubes, which is my typical. So I'm actually fulfilling one of my like adult check boxes of having a bar of some sort, as opposed to just like a bottle of liquor I drink until it's dry. So kudos for that. But yeah, Aperol spritz, effing delicious. I'm again stuck with the conundrum that I faced last week of having a bottle of sparkling wine that I need to finish by the end of the night. So shucks to that. We'll see how that goes. I just like Campari better because Aperol to me is so, it's just too sweet. I guess when you put other ingredients in there, it obviously makes it less sweet, but to me, it just, I can't, I can't do Aperol. It's too sweet. I'm such a dilettante. I don't know if I could tell you what Campari tastes like. You would know if you had it. Yeah, it's just bitter, more bitter. But I, I, to, I also told you guys off pod that there's this, or maybe was it you, Nate, or it might have been the group that that there's this um, aperitif called Select that is literally like the blend between Aperol and Campari. It's like it has a nice sweetness, a nice bitterness. It's like the perfect. It's a unicorn, but you can only get it. There's one liquor store on the Upper uh, East Side that I found it at. But other than that, like, I don't, I, you can't get it in the entire state of New Jersey. It's like a very, a very challenging one, but that's some advanced level shit. You'll get, we'll get, we'll get you there eventually. I'm Why right. don't you find a bottle for us and uh, that white unicorn? I bought, well, I bought Jeremy a bottle for his birthday uh, last year. That's why I know. Cause I had to go all, I had to go in the tri-state area around and around and around just to find the one bottle. So you bought him a bottle for his birthday and then you drank the whole thing that night. He never tried. That is exactly what happened. He probably had like a sip of it. Well, excellent choice. Low ABV drinks, I think, make a lot of sense when you're trying to drink all day and not black out before it's five o'clock and you have to record a podcast. So I appreciate that. If you want to listen to our archives, you know, sometimes when we get into the heavier liquors like gin, crazy things happen. So this is a refreshing low alcohol change of pace thank you matt now tell us what's got you bunch bro we're gonna call that panties in a bunch i mean that's why that's why my panties are a bunch your panties get twisted up a lot what's got me bunched well i as i alluded to earlier i um jeremy and i and his family and went out to um the north fork on long island and my other boyfriend, Nate, was able to join with his wife. And we had just such an amazing uh, time together. It was relaxing. The house was beautiful. 
And so I was kind of struggling about like, you know, nothing pissed me off the, the last week and a half, which is very rare. I, I think I've, sh- maybe I shared the last podcast, but Matt's coming up on the up and up COVID killed my career, but we're back in action. So I have a, a new job I'm starting. So really my life has been very positive, not a lot to bitch about, but then, um, as my uh, life partner so quickly reminded me of the amount of road rage that <laughs> I experienced driving out to the tip of Long Island and back is, I mean, it really, it's, it's a it's certainly a character flaw, but, and it really evolves around for me. It's the, the slow drivers And when I say slow, it's the below speed limit. And so for those of you who have gone out and to the depths of Long Island, it is a long drive only because, you know, you get to a certain point and you're driving like 35 miles an hour for, you know, 30 miles. And so if you get someone in front of you that's driving 20 miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone, that can like have a big effect. So it took us maybe two two hours and 15 minutes to get out there. Cause we just, it was a perfect time on the way home. It took us like three and a half hours because we were behind these people that just don't. And I was, you know, it was after a long, long, long weekend of, you long, know, long, long, long weekend and not sleeping a lot. So I know that my, te- my, you know, my temperament was already probably tested, but the rage that I had had, um, was I think it was shocking to Jeremy, but I just I, I <laughs> yeah. Like I, when so, I mean, he was shocked. Yeah, I think he well, I just like the level of reaction, right? Because there was like it really started when we were leaving, and there was this giant beater truck that was been being driven by um, a very older white man. He was definitely voting for Trump. He definitely lived out on the tip of Long Island, like he was in a cabin somewhere, and he when the speed limit was forty on a single road, quote unquote, highway, which I know in Maine, they have like a bunch of those, but it, he was, it was 40 miles an hour. He was driving 25 miles an hour and it's a no pass zone. And I'm like, you know, looking down the barrel of a three and a half hour drive. So every turn he made in front of me was the turn I had to take. And I, I about snapped. Um, but thankfully Jeremy packs some granola bars. So he just shoved a granola bar under my tongue. Cause my blood sugar was obviously getting low. I just, I, I don't know. And I'm trying to think too, like, I know you have both driven with me many times. I don't think I've ever driven with Nate because he's never had a car. I don't even know if he has a license. And Emily, I do. Oh, do you? Okay. Um, <laughs> I've never, I don't, I've never driven with you guys. I can imagine Nate's rage. I can't, I'm a little bit on the tip of. It must've been the gin episode because this has been one of my panties in a bunch prior to is driving. So we won't get into your lack of memory that I have also discussed my road rage on this podcast before. But that being said, a new resident to a new temporary resident to the Long Island area, the Long Island Expressway, a.k.a. the LIE, is a cesspool of people who have no clue how to drive. Like I get mad. I thought I used to get mad on the Jersey Turnpike and 95 in Maryland, but the LIE, there's an HOV lane that people still think it's okay to go 50 miles an hour in, but then everyone is just all over the road. There's some people who are at, like, there's the most psycho people swerving in and out of traffic 
And there's also people who are going 40 on a 65 out mile an hour highway in Jersey. It's not as bad as the LA. That's all I have to say. So Jersey, Jersey, they, it's the opposite, right? Like they do the Jersey slide when you're coming, you know, you're on a five lane highway and you're on the far left lane and you will just slide across all five lanes to get off the exit. Like they're psychos here, which I, I can relate to. I, I appreciate it. I understand they had a place to go, but just the, the level of just like, you know, I don't, I don't walk slowly. I don't drive slowly. So it, yeah. And I do know you brought it up, but I just, given that I was in your neck of the woods, I thought I had like, you know, I don't drive that often anymore because of coronavirus. So I thought I was like, going to be okay with it. I was not. Emily? What about you, country roads, take me home? <laughs> it's just the horse and buggy country up here. So <laughs> we've just got wagons. And uh, you can't the, the you can't speed past a wagon in the left lane. You can sometimes you're sometimes you like bump wheels with another with another stagecoach traveling from you know that's, that's Portland how people to, die. Yeah, <laughs> we have stagecoach accidents, but uh, there's the occasional mule theft, which really adds drama and some flair. Yeah. But other than that, you know. Road rage is pretty much kept at a minimum, um, especially since you're not allowed to make eye contact with one another. Well, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to conflate all of this, but I will say too, I think there is a hardcore correlation with people that um, don't like being late and their proclivity for road rage <laughs> and people who don't mind being late. Right. Because I feel like if you don't have that pressure of like, I said I was to be there at six, I need to be there at six. What does it matter to you if you get some country bumpkin in front of you and it's another 45 minutes, right? Because you're just, you're, you know, I, I, and I'm not calling you out, Emily. I'm just saying, I do think there is a level of that. Like I've also, that was my other secondary, which I'll say for another time, like the, you know, being on a group uh, trip, you know, you realize how much of a psychopath you are when it comes to, being on time and orderliness. So I don't know. I just think that that's also a thing. Emily's a free spirit. She is a salt witch. She, you know, goes in and out with the tide. So for her, it's like, you know, if a buggy breaks down, she'll hop on the next buggy. But for me, it was, it was surprisingly um, uh, aggressive. I'll, I will say. I like how you say that you don't want to conflate things and then you just make some really broad assumptions exactly. <laughs> about yeah. behavior and personalities. I'm, I, I think that there is a correlation between being type A and being punctual and having road rage. Yes, I think there's a correlation between those three things. Um, I refer to myself as type A minus. So while I fall into some of those traps... Um, as we've discussed, punctuality is, is an issue for me, but that doesn't mean that I'm not stressed out about getting places on time. It just means that my stress about being there on time is not met with actually achieving that thing. So I'm always stressed about being on time because I never do it. Not, <laughs> not, Listen, I'm not stressed I, about it in a way that, that re, like results in the, the thing happening, which is being on time. I will see I'll see you in court. This will be decided in a court of law. So, listen. Most of the time, I just swing my hobo bindle over my shoulder and head on up whatever dirt road is going to get me to the nearest farm stand. So, you swing you know, your what? 
hobo bindle. You know what a hobo bindle what? is? I, I think it's like a stick with a sack on the tip. Is that or like on the end? That's it. Oh, I got a few of those. <laughs> no, my own, like the last thing I'll say, and this may be that I am one of the most psychotic people on this podcast, depending on the day, along with Matt, but I find myself to be so stressed and in an incredible hurry on the way to the destination of a multi-hour road trip. doesn't have to be super far, but I am just speeding like a maniac going nuts. But then on the way back, I don't, I, most of the time, I don't think I could care less. Like, I don't know if it's because the goal has been accomplished of being where I was. And then, so Matt's argument is converse of that is he was getting very angry on his way home, but I just, I'm usually way more chill. Like I'll be going 95 in the left lane, swerving around people on the way. And on the way back, I'll be in the right lane going 40. And my wife is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, bro? I can see that. I, but I will also, and I, I, I know that we're going to, this is why we are on this podcast for 17 hours, because I feel like we just keep going in. I'm, I am just going to also call a little bit of bullshit there. Maybe, maybe once you get on the road. So Nate, was going to come out and spend the day. Um, and, oh, yeah. I'm only talking about on the road. I was yeah, two well, hours right. late getting call, out he, on the road. He texts me, and I call him, and he's legit. I have gone for a five-mile run. I'm on speakerphone. His wife has gone for a five-mile run, and he is very clearly just waking up around the time that he's supposed to be on, on the road. So you're sure. saying activating it is not a motivator, but as soon as you get on the road, Correct. then it's Okay, yeah, yeah. But to be fair, I was asleep until 20 minutes before we were supposed to leave, but I was ready when we were supposed to leave. Right. Whereas my life partner she was, was re- I mean, we're not calling out anyone here. We're not naming names, but she looked great though. She looked I great. slept right until the last minute. Like I love to do. See, I, I feel like I'm with you on the, ex- I'm on the energy of like, I want to get to wherever we're going, but I also, you know, especially after a few days, you're like, I just want to get home. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, true. So I, I, I but I, I can, I'll def, I'm also more pleasant on the way there because it's like exciting. We're going somewhere by the end of it. It's like, I, I just want to go home. So I, I, I see both sides, I guess. Emily, what you got queued up? So who's the next who's the next um, recommender? So I'm going to recommend the new recommendation for this week. Unless so, you wanna unless you want to talk about driving more. <laughs> I think that we've covered all of our bases when it comes to transportation. This is like the third or fourth time. I'm not sure where these podcasts will land in order or in what orientation listeners will get to experience our various driving conversations. But we've talked about road rage a lot. We've talked about driving a lot. I think we've covered our bases. Uh, We've established that I live in the middle of the woods in a hut made of candy. uh, And that the only measurable travel that I take is while I'm luring orphans to their death. So um, outside of that, my... Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I was referring to. That was a that was a nice little about face full circle back to the witch reference we made earlier. I'm glad that you're all, all nice and brushed up on your um speaking of weird witchy things, my recommendation for this 
week that I had in my uh, curious little documentary I watched on Amazon Prime called Stuffed. Amazon sponsor us. Give us that Bezos money about taxidermy. And I am a big fan of the weird, wild, and wonderful. Um, as my beloved co-hosts know, I'm into some quirky shit, sometimes bordering on macabre, and this definitely fit the bill. Um, I think, especially as we enter what I refer to as spooky season, which is the scientific name for September, October, hell, maybe into November, those chilly autumn months where we start thinking about Halloween. Um, it's an excellent watch for this time of year. And it's all about the modern field of taxidermy and the kinds of characters that you find in it. And I just found it fascinating because taxidermy ain't your father's buddy with a you know bunch of stuffed deer heads out in his shed anymore. I mean, it is still that. A lot of it is still that. But there are also some definitely some um, more novel elements to it, and it is an art form. And just because listening to people talk about it, no, it's actually that's one of the things that I found interesting about it is that it really hasn't changed in terms of the actual implementation of stuffing the animals, mounting the animals. It's all the same skills that they have used for hundreds of years. Um, but the way that it's looked at and the reasons that it's done are more conservation oriented in many uh, ways. So taxidermy is practiced for natural history museums, for example, and it's also a dying art form. There are only so many people in the country who are conservation taxidermists who do those really elaborate dioramas that you see in museums and natural history displays and then you have people who do, you know, art pieces. They did um, a little segment of it was fe featured. Um, oh, gosh, I forget what it's called. But it's basically taking different parts of animals and making these kind of waxy chimeras of different, like a, a rabbit with wings or making a griffin, which is a mythical creature, out of a cat and a raven and things like that. Um, and so there's also an artistic element there. And then you do have people who are just in it for the love of big game, um, displaying big game, that kind of thing. But it's just a really fascinating watch in that there's this really broad swath of humanity that you get to hear from very interesting characters. I would say it's fair that anyone who is, is taken with taxidermy is to become an expert in the field is definitely doing it for the love of... Um, and passion of the field there. I don't think it's a terribly lucrative business or industry. Um, it's a pretty tightly knit small community. Um, but some of these pieces that they put together are truly works of Literally, art. Literally it's tightly knit. And Hey, I've been saving that there. one. Yeah. He was waiting for it. But yeah, I think it's, it's only, you know, it's not that long. It's just a brief, uh, movie length feature and I what? like I love I know it's not <laughs> but for example um, a Korean soap opera that has an hour and 45 minute long oh episodes. boy oh boy uh oh not to not to be specific um, but yeah I think it's really I am always fascinated when I get to 
to have perspective into a slice of life that I don't experience. I'm not a taxidermist, obviously. I thought about it briefly watching the documentary. I was like, is this for me? Is this my new lease on life? Is this my career pivot? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not that detail oriented. I am not that painstaking. Someone who is anywhere from five to 55 minutes late for everything and spills on herself every single time she eats a meal should probably not be sewing up hummingbirds with dental floss. You've but, been later than 55 minutes, just so you know. I that's, will that's say. That's an average. That's called a, that's, <laughs> I'm taking the median. I will say, I, I actually did, Emily mentioned this to me, and so I, I, before this recommendation, so I actually did watch it. Um, I sound will, thrilled. Well, I will say, uh, which probably won't surprise anybody, they, the, the crew was exactly how I expected them to be as far as who gets into taxidermy. It was a fascinating, because I, I, you should watch it. If only just like, I thought like the taxidermy was like, you take an animal, you rip out its guts and you stuff it with like cotton. Like I thought it was like a stuffed animal. I didn't realize. So there's like some interesting stuff, but they definitely have a very intense point of view. And it is, um, you know, there's a lot of different types. It was, it was interesting, but I'm not a witch yet. And so I think that it makes sense that she, you know. Would you ever, would either of you ever display a taxidermied item in your home? Like I'm thinking big deer heads. 100%. Oh, one of my, one of my dearest friends has a moose, a stuffed moose head that he claimed from his grandfather's estate. And it is, I'm just riddled with jealousy that he, that he has that in his life. And he has like a, you know, like an 800 square foot apartment. Like, I'm not sure where it's going to go, but yeah, 100%. The holidays are coming up. I hope that's what I'm getting from the pod hosts. What else was in his grandfather's estate? Uh, Probably some more dead things. I'll I'll let you know. I'll I'll ask him for an inventory. If there's an estate sale, let me know because I will drive up there at 100 miles an hour. I didn't have a loose head of your very own. I didn't see this documentary. I tried to find it. I looked up stuff just on Google and I couldn't, there were some other things that came up that I'm pretty sure aren't the things that you wanted me to watch, but all right. Well, Matt, thanks for your positive feedback on Emily's show that she loves so much. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say positive. That's a, that's, that's an overly gracious estimation. She's a witch. And just also to answer and to answer your other question, there is a there is negative percent chance of me ever having a stuffed fucking animal in this house. And I think Emily What about a human? Well, <laughs> never say never, but Emily I think Emily's been in my in since Jeremy moved in. Have you been here? No. Oh, okay. Well neither of us have. Oh, you haven't either? Oh, so no. Jeremy when Jerry moved in, he is he is the best taste of anyone ever. He is like just he but he curates for like a architectural digest. And the only thing that we have ever thought about really, he has this sculpture which really could be considered a uh inorganic um taxidermy. It's like a piece of like burnt like wood. Like a, a piece of like fossilized wood that is like on that a sounds post. sick. It is not my thing. That was the only thing we were thought about. But I, I can guarantee you we are both aligned. There will be no 
and dead in well there'll be no animals in here dead or alive to start other than a, maybe a, a child but like no we're not doing bird that head could be football. like a good rustic no like a second home rustic theme no that is not our aesthetic that is not what we do the only dead animal will be like a faux fur like you know polar bear throw but like no. oh yeah because that's that's less tacky than having a dead animal you're gonna have no, no, no 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 listen now hold on nate could you not see there was like i think there was like a faux fur throw in the um in the house in the in in the hamptons no you think I noticed that shit? But I'm saying you could see it there in that space, like that stoic, like dead space. A real polar bear or a fake polar? No, bear? No, we don't kill polar bears here. They're an they're an exterminated species. I mean, an endangered species. Also, just for everyone, we this is the first. It's you know 6 p.m. Nate and I have a very long night. We have a, a, a Final Fantasy draft. He's already saying. <laughs> he's already saying. Terminated species. So what I what the rule is, I think I'm gonna run the train on him this year in fantasy because he can't even pick out every well, Maddie, year. You just referred to it as a final fantasy draft. So I don't know what kind of fantasy football oh, y'all are playing. But uh, listen, I was second listen, I was second place last year. You're about neck and neck right now with the exterminated species in the final fantasy. I always talk Final Fantasy. I don't know why. Every year he says the same thing. Every like, year. He texts me, when's the Final Fantasy draft? I'm like, I don't know, what, I don't I don't know, know if you have a conflicting calendar appointment, but we only have one draft together. Fantasy football. It's the FF. It's the alliteration. Anyway, we're, we're done with the dead animals. Thanks for that, Emily. I'm probably going to try and remember to watch it, which may or may not happen. I was interested in it, so we'll see. But thanks for what you had queued up. I'm queued up next week, so you'll know what I've been doing, which is weird and creepy probably, but we'll talk about it anyway. So now we're all stuck on certain things. Who's going to be stuck on it first? Matt, what are you stuck on, you little bitch? I am stuck on... What is it? Can't let go. What are you stuck on? You're stuck on it. Tell me what you're stuck on, Matt. So I have. So as I alluded to earlier, I um, am gainfully employed again. Very excited. Obviously, we're all in the remote world, and so Jeremy and I, we live in a very uh, a fabulous one bedroom, very large one bedroom apartment, but it's still a one bedroom apartment, and so. We have a desk in the bedroom and then we have a kitchen table, but you know, I wanted to like set up as a little, just another little space so like we could have our own separate workspaces. I cannot tell you the lengths that I have gone to, to find a desk to be delivered, to be picked up in, in the next two months. And I understand why, right? It's because everyone's working from home, but we're talking, it is a, remember in the beginning of the pandemic, it was the toilet paper wars. It was like the toilet paper hunger games. It is now the desk, the writing desk hunger games. And I, I understand why, but it is so fascinating to me an, an entire industry. Like we're, we're talking Ikea, Wayfair, All Modern, Target, West Elm, every single possible vendor you could think of completely sold out completely. you know about the wayfair scandal right wait the political one 
with like the, how but, how how much have you been on Wayfair? Because I'll sell you a desk for fifteen thousand dollars. No, it's that's I don't. That's your QAnon shit. We're not going into that. Wait, I is that Wayfair or was that another furniture? Wayfair. Wayfair. This shit. We're not talking about it. Matt's been on Wayfair a lot. I told you last time I do it, but I just for me I understand like the principles of it, but I guess we're you know we're like in you know especially in the, the greater New York area, the the northeast coast, like. We're on month six of this pandemic, and there is, there is not. I mean, you can you can shit in the streets. There's plenty of toilet paper, but there is not a desk to be found. So you try far. like Craigslist, or you no. don't want to use desk. No, that's not my thing. I just for me, it's just fascinating because I, you know, I keep it started as one, and I was like, oh no, there's no desk here. There's no desk here. It's just super interesting, like how that the pandemic has like impacted so many bizarre random industries that you would never have thought of right like I don't know. yeah because it disrupted the whole supply chain it's not just like <clears throat> it's not just like being sold out of desks it's being sold out of the components that need to be made into desks and supply chain isn't something that i re- didn't really think about until grad school because that's you know just understanding uh, understanding like the process of things yeah that's crazy but you're right it's you're like fun. You're like so camping, right. camping materials is another weird thing a friend of mine was talking about. Like lots of, uh, at the beginning of summer, a lot of like Dick's Sporting Goods, um, other places where you go to buy outdoor things. Obviously, I don't frequent those stores very <laughs> often. Uh, they were all sold out of like tents and camping materials and equipment because everyone was like, well, we want to take a vacation. We want to get outside this day. We want to have something to do. But because everyone had the same idea it disrupted the supply chain and they weren't able to restock. So inventory just completely plummeted. And yeah, it's very, I mean, I will save my rant against late stage capitalism for another day, like three more Aperol spritzes in, but it is a very strange side effect of that. Yeah. I agree. I th- yeah. It's just, it's just like the, you don't expect, I mean, I don't know. And maybe it's like, so did you get a desk or not? No, there are no desks to be had. So here's a question I have because I'm unemployed and I hope to find a way to game the system to be unemployed forever. Maybe yeah. I'll be employed by this podcast eventually. But like our companies, you both are working. So our companies subsidizing because it keeps coming up with all my friends and different threat like WhatsApp and blah, 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 different chats. And I was thinking about this with my wife, like she just bought a new computer monitor. So I'm like your company should pay for that. You're not using any of the computer monitors in your office. You work at home. They should pay for that. So, I I mean, I don't know if that's right or wrong because I am not part of the legal economy right now. But uh, is is your new job or Emily, has your job said they're going to help pay for any of the transition to work from home? Or is this just like a deep rabbit hole conversation that we don't have time for? <laughs> so I, I can definitely speak to that. Uh, my roommate has is, works for a much larger company than I have. I work for a company that's essentially a smidgen bigger than startup size. We're very small. We're local. Um, and we essentially just looted our office for what? So like I use a second monitor and I have But you got it from your office. Yeah, it came from, but I had that, I had the ability to do that in a way that someone who works in like downtown Manhattan might not have the ability to just like waltz into their high rise office building and do because, you know, I have the key code, there's no door, uh, security, what have you. 
Let's talk about that and let's talk about that offline. Let's <laughs> rob that place. My my roommate, on the other hand, worked for a much larger company, and they did provide a stipend for him to set up a home office. It was a modest one, but it was enough for him to get the supplies that he needed. He also went in and got, you know, he he chose how to allocate it. It was kind of at his discretion. Um, and so I've seen both. So he spent and, it on weed. Uh, yeah. Just, <laughs> tied the whole time was marijuana. But 250 bucks doesn't go as far as it used to these days, so... That was a while ago. But, um, yeah, so I've seen both. And, honestly, I, I did buy a desk. I resisted for the longest time setting up a home office because I was like, this is going to be over. In six weeks, we're going back to the office. I'm not spending money on setting up a workspace at home. And wouldn't you know, by the time it was, like, May before I finally relented and set up a home office space because I needed somewhere else to work other than the kitchen table. And uh, I actually had a similar experience with Matt with the whole desk scenario. And that was, what, four months ago? So it still hasn't been resolved, which is crazy. So I'm going to go next, and then I'm going to let the matriarch of our podcast send us off with whatever she's stuck on. But my situation is obviously very petty. Let me just consult my notes here, see what I'm going to pick this week. Uh, so, uh, he has a whole scroll. He, he pulled out like an old school scroll, like Santa Claus. It just unfurled, like probably like seventeen feet behind him. But obviously, I watch a lot of television and shows and movies at home, as we all do, and I can't stop thinking every single thing that I watch, even if it's within the same episode, it still pops into my head is that no one is social distancing or obeying COVID guidelines on these shows. And then I realized that they're obviously fictional shows that were filmed 12 to 24 months ago. But as stupid as that sounds, the rabbit hole that I keep going down that I'm stuck on, and you keep hearing that there's going to be so much less stuff to watch because they haven't been able to film because of COVID and blah, 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 is what is media? Like, what is TV? What are these fictional shows? Not news, you know, where they're wearing masks and all that shit. What are the fictional shows going to do? Like, are they going to continue? Like, when there's a new season of a contemporary show, like, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm like, oh, like, what are they, you know, is it going to be mask wearing? Are they going to adapt to the circumstances are they gonna you know have some actor bubble you know like the sports leagues have done so i'm kind of on a rabbit hole of that it's more of a personal rabbit hole i haven't done any research it's more just been random mind thoughts when i'm stoned to the bone but i don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that it's interesting because i can't every single time anything comes on the tv that's a fictional show I'm just like, oh, why aren't they wearing masks? Whether I say it out loud or in my head to my wife who wants to stab me to death, you know, I just, it's it's been something that I'm stuck on. Yeah, no, I think that's, I will say, I'll start. I'm a big TikToker. There's lots of memes, lots of um, calling out situation. And there was this one in particular of a um, soap opera 
where like the actors are legitimately because you know how soap operas in America are filmed. It's always like the back lit and the front lit where they are literally making out with um, mannequin dolls, right? Because you just see the one side. And so I think there's gonna be a lot of that. But I also, I, I'm with you on this, Nathan. But I was thinking too around um, thinking about the last thing this would even be involved with is, you know, 9-11 and like New York-based sitcoms, right? Like, do you ignore it? Do you acknowledge it? Is it a part of the conversation? It was. That was a big question. That's actually a great analogy because no one knew how long to wait before they made a movie or did a show. That's actually. And so, but but if you think about it, if you look back, it turns out that we kind of, most of them just kind of glazed past it. And just we, like we solved the not pro, all the problems from 9-11, we solved them. You know, yeah, well, so. that's the same. It's the same thing with with you know this. They're trying to you know these sitcoms, especially like or shows and movies. They try to like per, you know project a, a normal um, like stereotypical environment. So I don't think that you're going to see a lot of it. Um, that's the good. That's a great. That's the point. Is like, or I mean, I didn't think about it till you said yeah, it. Which thanks for making me think I'm about smart. it. But like, do they want like? Are they going to portray a world where? the world that we miss that we want to be part of, or is it going to be the reality? I guess, I mean, you can't answer it because every show is going to be different, but it's interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be a mix. I think it's, you're going to see a lot of people with, just like we saw an influx of a lot of dystopian shit once, you know, after nine um, 11 happened. I mean, that's, that, that's really what bred a lot of the foundation for, some of those dystopian like novels and romantic books. Like, I think you're going to see some of that just because it's inspiration of what could be. But I think for as far as like mainstream there, no, it's going to be, they're still filming and there's, well, I'm not going to get into this, but my recommendation next week, there is a show. It's not your turn. I know. I don't give a shit though. Um, <laughs> called the circle, which this isn't my recommendation, but there's a show called the circle. It's on Netflix. It's very fascinating. Um, but they're filming it or right now because, because of the, the basis of it, just like a big brother, right? Big brother can be filmed right now because you're basically quarantining for alone. I would love to be on. Big I know brother. you would alone can be filmed right now. Like there's a, I think it's like shifting the production, you know, typology, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of media, like obviously the nineties were the era of the sitcom. Um, and then we had a lot of like more intense long form. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's a better name for it, but like long form legacy style, like HBO dramas that came out of the mid thousands on up. And I'll be really interested to see what the next format is. Is it more, you know, and then we had reality TV. And so what's the next version of that? to fit this kind of new, because I know we're all news out, right? Like I feel like we're all more plugged in than ever. We're all more terrified than ever, but we all desire escapism, but there's also this sense of guilt that goes along with escapism. Cause it's like, I'm not tuning into the right things. I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. Like the, the media trends and what precipitates them. Well, Em, what do you? What is your? What? 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 What can't you shake this? Week? <laughs> just, I know what you were doing there, and you pulled it out. You pulled a rabbit out of the hat, 
but you still don't know what the name of the segment is. Listen, I just work here. I'm not sure if he's doing it on purpose now. I don't think any of us know whether what we're doing is on purpose or if it's the bit. So, I mean, that's kind of the theme of my life is, is this on purpose or is it a bit? So anyway, that could be the name of a good podcast show. Is this on purpose? Or is this a bit in parentheses? Anyways, <laughs> what are you stuck on? So, well, it actually goes with what I was just saying about like media trends. And it's something that I love talking about exhaustively is like culture and pop culture in media. Right. And I have been watching the office for the first time through, as I've mentioned numerous times to both of you offline and on this podcast. And it's just a, it's a new experience for me as a 32 year old in 2020 to be watching the office end to end when most of my peers did it as what teenagers, 20 something. College. College age. Uh, you know, almost 20 years ago, 15 years ago now. Um, and so. Is it that old? I've only seen like a, I've seen like stretches of episodes, but I haven't seen it through and through. I didn't, I guess I lost track of how old it actually is. Yeah. I would say 2005, 2007. Oh my God. Cause I. Have I been drunk that long? Yeah. <laughs> You're getting old. Or all, but that's the thing is like I didn't get into it when it first came out and then all of a sudden everyone was into it and it was like the biggest thing and everyone was obsessed with The Office and now it's so entrenched in our pop culture that like every other meme is office based right and every contemporary like I feel like it's a requisite of being on like a fucking dating app that you're into The Office. It's so upsetting to me when people use The Office as a substitute for having a real personality, which I've seen on dating apps frequently. And that's part of what made me resistant, not just on the dating apps, but also just in life in general to watching The Office. And now I finally am. I'm like, would I like this more had I watched it when it was a thing? Do I not find this as funny as I would have if I weren't watching the joke for the millionth time because I've seen it be made into a meme for 10 years. I don't know. I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around whether I actually hate the character, Michael Scott, and whether I think that he's incredibly overrated or whether I'm just being a fucking curmudgeon and need to get over myself. I don't really have an answer for you, but it's always funnier to watch The Office when you're stoned. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. Like, I think you're coming at it too serious. Yeah, I'm just going into it sober, which is the wrong way to approach most things these days. It's also like bootleg, like the first few seasons before it got famous are kind of bootleg. And now they're like culty underground shit. I mean, it's funny and the memes and gifs are funny. But like, it's not the greatest show that's ever happened, you know, but watch it, watch enough of it, you know, whatever. Oh, you're a soft, you're a soft GIF guy? I wasn't, but now I feel that I have to be the soft, I have to be the J, the GIF guy. You don't. The guy who invented it said that it's pronounced GIF. Oh, you know, you know Kurt too? I don't know him, but I read something that someone read out loud to me because I don't know how to read. (laughs) I don't listen. I don't care what he says. It sounds stupid. We changed it. It's a gift. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. 
It has been a terrific debut episode. Our archive is going to be on our site eventually. We're going to cut it up. We're going to give you the best of our hits of what we've drank, what we've discussed. But this is our debut episode. Thank you for joining us. Next week, I don't know who's talking. It might be different people if you tune in. I'm not sure. But what are we drinking? So I'm going to really throw a wrench in the gear. And I think next week we're going to be drinking scotch. No! (laughs) (laughs) You better pick a day. Matt starts work, his new job, which we mazel tov to you, sir. We're very excited and happy for him. But what night are you going to drink scotch with us? Because it has to be a night when you need at least a day before you go back to your new job. We'll figure that out, but it will be scotch. Single malt? Blended? I'm not that prescriptive. For our listeners, Emily is silently crying. She's sobbing. So rebel against the man and pick a different drink, but just don't tell us in advance. Yeah, I'm going to drink whatever the fuck I want. Oh, God. Here we go. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Episode number one. Emily? Believe in yourself and never drink cheap Chardonnay. Thank you all. We'll see you next week.